What's up guys? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk of terror. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it is, uh, oh, it's all 4.30 on uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday evening. I took a little break in the middle of a carburetor rebuild and uh, thought I would let the parts soak in the cleaner and then uh, burn out podcast. Sorry I missed Mondays. Uh, it's just been crazy and didn't happen. It was late in the day. I just figured to hell with it. I'll just burn out Wednesdays. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. A lot of good feedback. I know um, I don't cover everything all the time, and I forget stuff. Because you guys got to remember, uh, if I make notes at all, it is mm, three lines on a little tiny piece of scratch paper. Um, it is not. I don't prep for this. I don't, you know, I don't pay Jamie to sit down and type out my notes or something. Like, no, this is all out of my skull. And if I misspeak on something, you know, whatever, say something as a Dana 44 instead of a 60 or 35 spline instead of 30 spline, whatever, 98% of the time it is a an accident, um, just because I don't, like I said, I don't prep for this. I just talk. So I know some of you guys listen like hawks so that you can point out where I'm wrong. Uh, and I, you know, if that's how you want to do it, then that's fine with me. Um, you know, but I appreciate the feedback so that I can be more mindful about what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. So, um, yeah. Appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for sharing it, telling a friend. Um, keep posting it on the social medias. It would be super great. I'm glad you guys talk about it. I enjoy being tagged and stuff. So, um, Calendar, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Uh, my birthday cruise, uh, Route 66, running uh, west to east, starting in um, Bakersfield, area and then headed east um not sure what i'll be cruising in i was going to cruise the 56 but i traded it off this weekend to phil Harmon, aka international junkie um he will take good care of it now uh, i ended up with his very well built uh 72 scout 2 wheeler <clears throat> on it's got a three-quarter ton full width axles and sprung over and all kinds of stuff so um, it, excuse me. It, uh, it, it, believe it was a good trade. Um, I don't normally like to trade because I feel like, uh, I don't know. It's a slippery slope trading. Um, you know, especially after the fact when you see your truck, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. I just, sometimes trades and I don't get along. So that's why when I put stuff up for sale, I rarely, I, most of the time I say no trades. So, cause I mean it. Um, but anyways, thank you everybody. Again, I just can't say that enough, but, um, we're going to touch on the suspension stuff some more, uh, because I feel like, uh, I only got to the tip of the iceberg on that. 
and um, some of you guys jumped my shit about it prematurely, I think, because uh, I think I even said in the last episode that I probably wouldn't cover everything or wouldn't have it all handled. So we're going to jump back into that and cover some more um, about uh, theory and function. Probably one of the most debated topics in scout suspension, anyways, is the reverse shackle setup. Um, I personally, remember this is me, been around a little bit, seen a few things, done a few things. I do not care for the reverse shackle in a scout that is going to be wheeled moderately. Reverse shackle has a place, um, and... I don't like it in short wheelbase trucks, and I consider a 100-inch wheelbase to be short. Um, I just, not a fan. It makes them corner funny at speed. Um, yeah, they hit bumps better. They, you know, hit potholes and shit, handle better. Off-road at speed is better. It's just less jarring, I should say. I don't know if that's better or not. But when, so to uh, explain what reverse shackle is or what that means. So right now on your scout, if it's stock, you have the shackles in the front and the axle travels forward whenever you hit a bump or articulate. And with that shackle being forward, as the spring compresses, the axle will travel forward. It'll travel whatever direction that the pivot is at. So since it's at the front, it will go forward. So that means that when you hit bumps and everything, you're already traveling forward, and then you hit a bump, now the front axle is trying to go forward even faster than what you're traveling at. And it almost, I mean, it just, it, it, makes for a jarring ride sometimes. Um, so if you move the shackle to the back of the front spring and then make the front fixed, every time you hit a bump, the axle travels rearward. So it's like a absorption of sort. Uh, it soaks up the force of hitting the object and um, you know, um, just it just makes it smoother, I guess. So you'll see old pictures of like the desert racing scouts. They all have shackle reverse setups. And they almost all are spring under as well. Um, there's some early day stuff where there's some spring over pictures. Uh, but you see, they didn't quite have it figured out yet. There's like Z-Link steering and some weird shit that didn't quite get nailed down yet. And so uh, it didn't really work as well in the desert as they would hoped. And uh, spring over is more prone to axle wrap, uh, just the way that the, sp the spring is shaped. And the when the axle is trying to roll out from underneath the spring, it creates wrap. So um, 
you don't want that in the desert. You don't want axle hop because that's what the hop is, is the rapid action of the tire getting traction. And instead of propelling the vehicle forward, it actually twists the axle, creating the springs to slightly form into an S. And then the spring hits its you know, maximum point of what it can take and then unloads. And then that's what the hop is. So imagine that that frequency happening quickly. So the tire grabs, the axle rotates, the spring loads up, and then unloads, creating the hop. Uh, so manufacturers over the years tried to keep a spring over set up and then fight it through shock absorber location. That's why the 74 and 5 international pickups have their shocks mounted fore and aft in the rear end. They're not angled at a you know 25 degree angle like all the other trucks are or the Scouts. Uh, and you'll see that in the F-150s. You'll see it in like everything. They're, they went to a fore and aft setup instead of a angled central location setup. So that is to help fight axle wrap. But if you go spring under or stay spring under, for whatever reason, however springs work and the, the stuff they go through, you get almost no axle wrap in the spring under orientation. So racers like it, desert racers like it. Um, everyone thinks it's a great setup. So, uh, and I like it too. If, if you can afford, you know, some long travel Devers and some good, good shocks and you can stay spring under, um, it's, it's worth it for the ride and for the control you have going down the trail. So in a short wheelbase, um, you know, the spring under works good for controlling wrap and whatnot. I think that's why when you see full size stuff, um, and not just international, but Fords and Chevys and stuff. The the trucks are all um, shackle reverse already, um, and yeah, they're sprung over. Um, they're sprung over, I believe, for uh, just height, just strictly for clearing larger tires and carrying more load, and so the bodies move more, and you don't run into the tires and whatnot. Um, the Scouts, I think, are more set up for off-road use and multi-purpose use so they come that way another thing about the shackle reversal when you're wheeling and i know i'm sure i'm gonna get a bunch of hate mail about all this shit but it's just what i know what i've seen when you are shackle forward and you butt your front tire up against an obstacle rock log stump whatever and you start to accelerate, what happens is because the spring is trying to compress, it actually is shoving the tire forward into the obstacle, increasing your traction, increasing the bite that your tire has, whatever. When, and it's, it's strictly, I mean, that's just physics. It's just weight on the spring, the shackle being in the front, swinging forward, tire's gonna move forward, have more, force on that object and it will either spin once the tire breaks traction or it will climb or you'll just sit there and do nothing <laughs> um shackle reversed you 
nose into that obstacle and the tire will move backwards away from the obstacle. And then normally what happens is, uh, depending, you know, in rock crawling and, and stuff like that, from what I've seen and what I've been part of, when the tire moves back, the nose of the vehicle will drop slightly um, or it increases your approach angle and you run into stuff um, or you just don't ever get traction and just spins because the tire is constantly trying to move out of the way. Uh, and that's not what you want when you're trying to force the tire to bite onto something. Having it move away from the obstacle isn't what you want. Um, and that's and some people are like, well, yeah, but eventually the spring is going to reach its maximum movement away and then it'll be the same as applying force. And that's not true because you never actually hit that maximum movement. Just like the rear end with the wrap, when it starts to load the axle tube up, it only goes to a certain point and then unloads. But if anybody's seen any kind of hardcore extreme wheeling or uh, even trucks that get loaded super heavy or whatever, springs are capable of a lot more than just that momentary force that the wrap is putting on it. So um, I don't like chakra reversal for, for moderate wheeling for reasons like that. Climbing, you get a lot of axle wrap and hop out of the front end, uh, even when it's spring under. What's happening is with the shackle in the back, the tire is spinning forward, which means it's rotating the tube backwards and you get hop out of the front front end. And the front end, you don't want to hop because you won't have any control. When it's skittering along on the rock or the sand or whatever you're trying to do, it just... It just doesn't grab the same. And I know I'm going to hear about it. I fucking know it. You guys are going to tell me how I'm wrong. And your reverse shackle setup will climb everything all day long. And and that's fine. But I will say that I have been on the Rubicon. I have been to Moab. I've been to Funny Rocks. I've been with groups of scouts that had a mixture of shackle forward and shackle reverse. And... The shackle forward guys have half as much trouble climbing and getting over hard obstacles than the guys with shackle reversals do. Uh, I've also seen several scouts roll or more prone to rollovers with shackle reverse front, especially when they're going downhill with a ledge or an undercut or something. I've seen they will fold under the tire, they drop off the ledge, the truck lands on the weight. The weight gets put on that front end again. The front axle moves rearward. And by now, it's transferring, you know, I mean, it moves several inches back. The weight gets transferred forward. Just It just slides back. Weight goes forward. If you're on a steep enough hill or on an angle, it's like somebody kicking the kickstand out from under your bike, and it just falls over. I've seen that happen personally. I've seen it on the internet. I've seen it around. I, it's it's not something that I'm making up. It is a thing that happens. So the downhill stability isn't as great either. Now remember, again, I'm talking about short wheelbase, 100-inch trucks. 
if you have a traveler or a Terra, you might not have that kind of problem because of the extra 18 inches. Um, it's just what I've experienced, what I've seen. I've left all of my hardcore rigs shackle forward. I have been all over all these places and not had nearly the trouble that I've seen other people have. Um, and some of what helps back up my claim, I guess, are the three link, four link front end setups. So they swing in an arc. And when you compress, a lot of times they still travel, they will swing forward slightly, then neutral, then they will start to arc rearward at the top of the travel. At the, at the higher points of the travel, they arc backwards. At ride height, they are arced out about as far as they can go. And then, and when they droop, they also arc back. Um, so that being said, when it's, when they're, but they're also solid. That's the other thing. All right. The tire will arc back some, but it is a solid link from the axle to the frame. There is no spring to absorb forward momentum. And so it, it's essentially deadheading and then it will climb or do whatever it needs to do. But when you have a spring that has a shackle and there's a bunch of movement, it doesn't have the same effect. So, you know, just like the King of the Hammers cars, all those Ultra 4 cars, you know, they got their three link and four link front ends and they haul ass, you know, and it's, and it's not because the axle's traveling backwards like a reverse shackle setup, it's still traveling up and down. Um, you know, yes, like I said, at the extreme ends of the operation, they are traveling backwards at the extreme arc, but not nearly as much as a reverse shackle setup in a, in a leaf spring car. Um, so just stuff to think about that I've seen in that setup. If you're daily driving your Scout with... 31 inch tires and stock springs and it sees you know a little tiny bit of dirt road a little bit of the beach maybe um you know maybe hunting season you've got gravel roads and back roads you're probably fine but if a guy if you're listening to this and you're building a scout and you want to do a spring over and 35s and you're going to go do the rubicon yourself and it's going to be, you know, a, maybe a driver, but, you know, 80% wheeler or something. I'm, you're probably not going to enjoy the reverse shackle as much. Um, if you don't know any different, if you've never built a wheeler and this is your first one or second one and, and you're used to reverse shackle, then you're probably not going to notice. But I've been around a bit. I've seen this stuff happen. I know what I'm talking about. I know my experience. You know, guys talk about bending leaf springs with shackle forward setups, and they're right. If you ram your shackle into a rock or a stump with any kind of force, hard force, you're either going to break the mount off of the frame, the rear mount of the front spring, which is why we sell a gusset kit, or you will kink the leaf spring because it won't flex the whole arc. It'll just flex one point and then kink the spring seen that happen before 
Um, I still would rather risk that than the other things that come along with the reverse shackle. And I've seen reverse shackles, kink springs going backwards, uh, especially when you can't climb an obstacle or you come down it hard backwards to reshoot it, whatever. You pop that. The spring will kink the other way too. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's Some of it's my preference, but a lot of it is my experience. So send me your hate mail. I probably won't respond if it's telling me I'm an idiot. Um, but, you know, it's just what I've what I've seen. Um, hopefully that helps clear up some of that. Um, I don't know. It, there's still a lot that can go into that. You know, the other side effect of reverse shackle is your front drive shaft. You've got to have a lot more slip in the rearward motion um, because the axle is traveling backwards instead of forwards. So you got to have it slip in versus out. Uh, you know, you can get away with mid, mid travel with the shackle forward, but with a reverse shackle, it's got to have a lot of slip backwards to absorb that front end. Otherwise, when the axle collapses and comes backwards, you will, um, you know, pogo stick the drive shaft and break your transfer case off. Uh, Tom Mandera, who raced scouts tons over the years, and that name might sound familiar and you might find videos on the, the YouTubes. Um, he's broken a lot of transfer cases and a lot of shit. And he will tell you firsthand all about that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not making this thing, this stuff up. It happens often. Um, but yeah, you know, if it were me, like I said, from the other podcast, I would still go shackle forward, sprung over, good springs, Teflon sliders, uh, good shocks. Shocks make up a lot of what that ride is. The The springs only, I mean, the springs job is to hold the rig up and be essentially progressive. Uh, the shock is what controls the upward travel and the downward travel. So the compression and the rebound. And I'm always, whenever I buy my Bilsteins, I always get the shocks with the heaviest compression and rebound because, um, you know, you get that, you'll see those videos of trucks hitting bumps and then the rear end like flying in the air. Uh, and that's because the rebound of the shock was too soft and it let that spring, let those springs kick back. And that's what bucks the rear end in the air. That's why the old desert racers had like four shocks on every corner. Uh, one, it's because they would fade so bad. Um, a single white body rancho will catch on fire in half a mile on a washboard gravel road. I've had it happen. I've blown up more than my share of white bodies. We used to call them white rockets because they would just blow smoke and fire out of the shaft um, when you pushed them over any period of time. Um, and I'm not saying Bilsteins are the best either because they, I've blown up more than my share of Bilsteins too, but they don't ever make fire or smoke. They just start leaking oil out the piston. Um, but if you upgrade to like a two inch or two inch Fox or two and a half inch King or something that takes care of a lot of it. 
But, um, yeah, the shocks go a long ways towards controlling that spring movement. Um, so I really like, I like soft springs. I love my shit to sit just more, just arched over flat, just a little bit over flat. And then setting up a really nice bump stop, um, you know, I mean, even bare minimum energy suspension makes those wedge shaped big fuckers with all the, with the air space in the middle. I call those monster truck bump stops. Um, but they make them in a four inch and a two inch. And, um, I like to set the four inch one so that I have like three inches of up travel before you touch that bump, which means you have another two inches of compression before they're flattened out themselves. Um, and then a ton of down travel because when you're going fast, you almost always want more down than up. That's why when you see the trophy trucks and stuff in the videos, um, they are sitting low. Like it's, it's crazy to me to imagine that a truck that has 30 inches of wheel travel, 30 inches of wheel travel for, so for example, your scout, if you're lucky, will have eight to 10 inches of rear wheel travel. And that's good. That's with good movement, good sprains, good shackles, new stuff, whatever. 10 inches, if you're lucky. I'm not talking articulation, because you guys can twist one axle, you know, or one tire 24 inches off the ground. I'm talking about linear rear end movement straight up and down. And this is stock scout. You're, ta- you're, you're looking at, you know, eight to 10 inches of travel. So when you're in a trophy truck, class one car, whatever, they, you can look at the top of the truck. You can see the roof of the truck and it has 30 inches of wheel travel. So that means that it is sitting at ride height with about five inches of up travel. And then everything else is down travel. So those trucks have their rebound set very high so that they don't just end over end the first time they hit a couple of big whoops. Um, But the compression is also set pretty high too um, because they don't want the rear end slamming back up into the bottom of the truck either. So look at some suspension videos, some high-end trucks, see how they travel, see how their wheels move, and then uh, you know think about it in relationship to your Scout, which I know it's a whole different world, but the theory is there the wheel travel the movement that sort of stuff it's it's there ultra four is a good uh, vehicle to look at too because it's solid axle front a lot of them are i mean they're coming around the ifs stuff is getting really popular because they go fast in the desert but again those things they move in an arc um well ifs stuff doesn't really move in too much of an arc it's more up and down but it travels it travels rearward at you know an angle not i still don't think it's as extreme of a rear travel as a reverse shackle scout or reverse shackle leaf spring setup but it does arc or not arc it just travels in a line backwards ever so slightly and you know they have 20 inches of wheel travel so still quite a bit but um you know that's for going fast uh and the ifs cars do not do good in the rocks 
So there's another thing. You want to talk about hardcore wheeling, the straight axle cars are always faster in the rocks. Always. And to be straight axle, you got to have that four-link front end. And what does that four-link front end do but keeps that front end locked in or arcing you know, or in that arc? So, again, the axle is not traveling backwards like a leaf spring setup. It is staying locked in a forward arc. So, again, just things to think about. If you hate me, great. If you love me, great. If you have more questions and are even more confused, shoot me a message and we'll cover that some other time. All right, guys, there's your half hour. Um, thank you again. Uh, really appreciate it. Love you. And uh, I will talk to you next time. <laughs>